0: Amen. Good morning, Friendship Church. Good to see all your beautiful faces here today. Turn to your neighbor and say, what a beautiful face you got there. (laughs) Hopefully you knew your neighbor a little bit. Um, Excited about today. The next three weeks, we have a uh, kind of a short series, just a three-week series uh, called Treasure. And many sermon series, uh, things I want to preach about... um, Well, I I have a prayer time for my personal self, and then I have a prayer time for what the Lord would have me to speak to us as a body. Sometimes those overlap, sometimes those don't, sometimes this is just for me, and then this is for for the church. This is a little bit of a crossover here, okay, especially the the, the message today was something that I've been praying about in my uh, personal time, uh, several weeks, maybe even months here, uh, that the Lord's just been impressing on on me. And so uh, this series, but especially today, there's a little bit of crossover in there, and so uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord has for us today. Treasure, um, talking about what we value. I, um, about a year ago, I went and, and saw a friend of mine. He's a staff pastor at a church on the, on the north side of Houston. And I went to go see him in his office, and we got to chit-chat a little bit. And I had just played golf that morning. So that, that's one of the reasons why I went to go see him, because I was playing golf up there, and I was near him. So I thought I'd go say hi to him. And so I was still in my golf clothes, okay, so I still had the, the mud and the, you're not supposed to get muddy clothes when you golf, you're supposed to stand still, but anyway. Um, uh, so, so I went in, and we got talking a little bit, and he said, so did you play golf today? I said, yeah, yeah, I played golf today, just came after to see you. And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get into golf, but man, it's just so expensive. And I said, well, I mean, it, it can be, you know. And he said, yeah, it's just, it just costs so much money, you know, like, like your golf clubs. They cost a lot of money, don't they? How, how much do your golf clubs cost? I went, easy, man, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't want to tell everybody that information. I don't know. And, and he said, like, what, what's the most expensive golf club? And I said, well, I, I, spent, I spent $300 on this driver. $300? And he went, oh, you got to be kidding me. $300 on one golf club? Oh, my goodness, that's just, that's just so expensive. And I said, I, I guess. And he said, uh, and then you go and you, and you pay to play, right? You pay money to play. He says, how much does it cost to play? And I said, well, it depends on what kind of course you want to go to. If you spend $20, you're not going to play a very good course. But if you spend $100, you can play at a pretty decent course. $100 just to play golf one time? Oh, that is so expensive. You've got to be kidding me, man. And then you've got to buy clothes. You've got to buy golf balls. Oh, man, I, I'd love to get into golf. It's just so expensive. And I'm like, feeling attacked over here, you know? My goodness. And so then I look, and, and I see behind him on kind of his counter, he's got a, 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 a camera. And I remember that he was really into photography. And I said, that's a pretty nice camera you got back there. What did that run you? And he turned, and he looked, and he said, oh, well, that's actually just the lens to the camera, the long lens, and that cost about uh, $2,000. I said, $2,000? <laughs> I said, you got to be kidding me, man. Just for the lens? you got to be, what in the world? And then I look over, and he's got these pictures of this exotic island, Fiji or something, I don't know, that he had personally taken pictures of. And so I said, so let me ask you, you went to this island, whatever it was, right, just to take pictures of the island and the water and the whatever, So, like, you flew and stayed in a hotel and just took pictures and then came back and you got them developed and put them on your wall. You paid for all that? Yeah. I said, how much does that cost? You don't want to (laughs) know. And I said, you know, I'd love to get into photography, but it's just so expensive, you know? And I thought, you know, we are going to spend money on what we think is valuable. Oh boy, starting to preach in the introduction already. (laughs) We are going to spend money on what we think is valuable. And that's why I I never get too upset or concerned how other people spend their money. I don't know people's situations. You know, you want to take a a vacation to Australia, great. If you want to spend money on a steakhouse every night, great. If you want to spend money on food, great, whatever. I, I, I don't know. But just because I wouldn't spend money on what you would spend money on or you wouldn't spend money on what I wouldn't, Would spend money on, right? It's just, there's just, we're different people and we're going to value different things. So I've I've never been too, too upset with that, with that kind of stuff, but I have found out that you will spend money on what you think is valuable. And it's not just money, by the way, you will spend time on what you think is valuable. There are some of you that you want to have a beautiful garden out front of your house with flowers and whatever, and there's no, I wouldn't spend more than five minutes in front of it, you know, but that's just, that's just me, but to get down all afternoon and get dirty and plant this and moving dirt around, that's, that's not my thing. That's not where I would spend time, but that's totally fine if that's where you would want to spend time. We're going to spend money, we're going to spend time, we're going to spend resources, we're going to spend relationships on things that we find valuable. So what we have to do as Christians is we have to find figure out what is most valuable to us Where we spend our money, where we spend our time, where we spend our resources, where we spend our relationships, and then we need to be fiercely stubborn about that. Fiercely stubborn about, do we value the things of the Lord, and is that where we're going to be going? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm also going to be in Matthew 13 as well for a verse, but Matthew chapter 6 is the main text today. We've got it on the screen for you, of course. Matthew chapter 6, we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Greatest sermon ever ever preached. Speaking to Pharisees and and, and other people alike on the kingdom of God. How Jesus sees the kingdom of God. And then he gets to this part where he's talking about treasure. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, Where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here from the outset, Jesus is letting us know um, that there are treasures that are here on earth. It's not like there's nothing valuable here on earth, but it's just the things that are here on earth are temporary. They're temporary. No matter how great it is, you stood in line for that iPhone, and then a year and a half later, you want the next one, because that's, that's, that's garbage now. You know, it's just, okay? So it's, it's valuable, but it's temporary value. It's temporary. And God says, instead of putting all of your focus on the temporary, what if we put our focus on the things that last? And we look at these treasures on earth. Treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, these temporary things can be destroyed. How many of you know that? Suits and dresses and whatever, they, they wear out. I remember I bought a suit, wore it a couple of times, and then put it in the back of my closet. And, and it had been a couple of months, and I pulled it back out, and there was a, there was a moth, like a moth that like eaten this huge hole like right there. And I didn't realize until I was about to walk out the door, and I like flung the, my coat on. I was like, what is that? And I got this huge hole on the back. I can't wear that, you know? And, uh, because moths destroy, I don't know how that moth got in there, but it's not like we live in a hobbit hole or something, I don't know. But, it got it, okay, I don't know how it got it. Um, These things destroy, or get destroyed. Uh, There are many people who have set everything up, their house and everything, and then a hurricane comes in, and then a tornado comes in, just as they say, an act of God, an act of nature, comes in, and things happen. There are... Things that happen that uh, uh, people will come in and steal something from you. How many of you have ever had something stolen from you before? Like they came in your car, your house. Isn't that's nerve wracking, isn't it? That's just you just you lose all faith in all people for for a week after that. You just it's it's no fun. That is no fun at all to have that have had that happen to me. That is no fun at all. Again, it's not the fact of having some of these things. It's the putting the focus on temporary things. And God says, if we're going to put so much focus on something, on something that's valuable, you could do it on these temporary things or, or you could put your focus and store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. But what are treasures in heaven? Well, a big thing is souls. Souls. People that make it to heaven. People that go to heaven. So what are we doing down here that will push others to Christ. That's why we talk about giving to missions all the time. That's why we do outreaches and different things around here. Um, We have opportunities that we can do that. We want to see more people go to heaven. How many you have seen more people go to heaven? I do. And so he says, why not not to say that those aren't valuable at all it's just temporary valuable. Why not store up treasures for yourself one day in heaven? Because in heaven... Moths are not going to destroy. Tornadoes are not going to destroy. No one's going to sneak into heaven and steal anything from you. Why don't we look and put our focus on these things in heaven? Now, this is the part of the sermon where the preacher then starts making concessions. Like, I'm not saying you can't go on a vacation every now and again. Okay? I'm not saying you can't go buy a new shirt. That's not what I'm saying okay, get that guacamole at Chipotle, even though it costs more, just get it, okay, it's your money, do with it what you want, okay, that's when we, we start to make concessions, because we feel like we can't be too hard on people, we feel like that we can't raise a standard or raise the bar for people, because then people won't like us, <laughs> do preachers think That you're thinking, well, what do you want me to do, Adam? Am I just supposed to sell everything and live under a bridge with my family? Okay, no, I'm not going to say it. Like, there's numbers between one and a hundred, right? Like, it doesn't have to be this or that, okay? It doesn't have to be one of those two things. We can find something in the middle, and not even in the middle. But I don't want to make concessions. I don't want the fact that we have blessings to turn us off from doing things that the Lord asks us to do. You see what I'm saying? The fact that the Lord has blessed us, and we talked about this on Wednesday night. If, if you're not coming on Wednesday night, guys, we have such a great conversation. And we talked about who is rich on, on Wednesday night. Did I say something? On Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, we talked about who is rich. And the answer was, it's always someone who is richer than us. <laughs> like, that's the rich person. We're never the rich people, okay? The rich people are people richer than us, okay? Well, we decided that, first of all, if if, if you live... In America, you're blessed. Can we agree with that? I'm not saying we're not without problems or whatever, but can we start with the America bashing for a little bit and just say that we are blessed to live in this country. And there is a certain level of rich to that. Okay, There's a certain level, because rich many times is a state of mind. It's not a dollar amount. It's not, I'm not rich, not rich, now rich. Okay, It's not a dollar amount. What somebody said on Wednesday, I thought was great. He says, if I have everything that I need, I'm rich. Not just content. If I have everything I need, I'm rich. Because how many people around the world do not have what they need? I have, if I have everything that I need, then I am rich. And so it's, it's such a, a mindset. It's a mindset that we need to have. And so I think it's okay. To raise the bar and the standard a little bit. You guys see a little bit of what I'm saying here. That if the Lord bless you. That's okay to walk in the blessing. But also understand that we do not put our focus. On temporary material things on this earth. But we put our focus on the heavenly things. The eternal things. Are you with me in that? Why so? Because in verse 21 it says. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. You want to find out where your heart is? And we like to say, I I gave my heart to the Lord. That's many times the thing we say when we say that we became a Christian. I gave my heart to the Lord. Okay. Well then, where is your heart? Is it on treasure of earthly, temporary stuff? Or is it on eternal, lasting, kingdom of God stuff. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And he says this, hmm. yeah. he says this in verse 22, as he continues with this, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So the things that we keep our eyes on, the things that we're looking at, or maybe the way that we see things, as we see, that's the lamp of the body. And if our eyes are healthy, that means looking on the things of the Lord, looking on eternal things, things that last, okay, then your whole body is full of light, not just your eyes. Your whole body will move in that direction. However, if your eyes are focused on these other things, then your whole body is full of darkness. So what do we keep our eyes on? Because verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both God and money. We talked about this, that it's not just money, it's not the the, the dollar amount, but it's that love of money that's the root of all evil. That's what 1 Timothy says. That love of money is the root of all evil. It's the love of these temporary things as opposed to the love of these eternal things. And you can't serve both. And so, as, as someone, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, giving it all, as someone who at one point in their life sold their house, sold a lot of possessions, moved to another country to tell people about Jesus, I can tell you that the benefits of keeping your eyes on eternal things far exceed and outweigh what other blessings we can come up with on ourselves, Far exceed. Far, far exceed. This one's attitude toward wealth is another barometer of righteousness. One's attitude toward wealth is another barometer of righteousness. We said this on Wednesday night as well. That rich, rich is not, it's this state of mind. But what we said was, is that it's this barometer of righteousness. It's not what you, when when you become, sorry, when you become, when you are rich or when you think that you're rich, it's not, uh, hmm, how do we say that? I'm so sorry. How do we say that? One's attitude toward wealth is another barometer of righteousness. It doesn't, there we go. Wealth does not change who you are. It shows who you are. That's what it was. Wealth does not change who you are. It shows who you are. So if you are generous with $5, you'll be generous with $5 million. If you're stingy with $5, you'll be stingy with $5 million. So some of you are like, well, I don't have any money. So you ain't talking to me in here, Adam. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Listen, it has nothing to do with the dollar amount. Money does not all of a sudden change who you are. You know, if I had a million dollars, I'd be generous. Well... Let's be generous with what you have. And that we'll, find, we'll find out if you're a generous person or not. That's where we find out. The Pharisees believed that the, Lord, uh, that the Lord had materially blessed them, so that meant that God was happy with them. See, the Pharisees thought, because I'm rich and therefore God's happy with me, I'm right. They were intent on building great treasures on earth, but treasures here are subject to decay. They are temporary The Pharisees had this problem because their spiritual eyes were diseased. They had spiritually diseased eyes. The way they saw things was, I'm pretty well off, so that means God's happy with me. But we saw throughout the Gospels, Jesus was constantly, constantly, constantly speaking at them. With their eyes, they were coveting money and wealth. Thus, they were in spiritual darkness. They were slaves to the master of greed, and their desire for money was so great that they were failing in their service to their true master, God. That's what the, that's what the problem was for the Pharisees. So there's a verse in Matthew chapter 13. It's a one-story verse. There's a whole story here in a verse, this is a parable. And parables, uh, Jesus did this a lot. They're an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, okay? So even similar to my, my introduction, even though that was a real story, it's an earthly story, something that we kind of all deal with or a conversation we might all have, but there's a heavenly meaning to it. And so he talked a lot about farming or, or he had a wedding banquet as an example one time. So this is what he says in Matthew 13, 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So this man... Is walking along and he finds treasure, and that treasure is so valuable. You want to talk about value that we put on things? It was so valuable that he went and he sold everything he had. Okay, so let me let me kind of go a little further with this. Okay, because this is just a one verse. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to take some liberties here. Okay, it's just one verse. It's a one verse story here, but let's let's think through this reasonably. Okay. This man had spent his life with a house, and saving up to buy a house, to buy a donkey. They didn't have cars. Buy a donkey, uh, timeshare in Damascus, I don't know, whatever he had, okay? So he spent all of his money to do this, and what he found in the dirt <laughs> was so valuable that he said, I would rather have that than all of this. And so what did he do? He sold all of it. He sold his house. He sold his donkey. He sold all the things that he had, okay, and he bought this. He bought the field so that he could have this. This this treasure, of course, is Christ. Once he found Christ, and I don't know that we completely understand the value of Christ, what he has done for us, because if we truly understand Christ's value, then we forsake it all, our whole way of thinking, our whole life before, and we turn our life to Jesus Christ. And we say, that treasure is worth more than all of this. And notice, he didn't find a treasure and thought that it was valuable enough to come visit it every once in a while. Let's say the first day of the week, just for instance. That he just comes and he sees it and it's great and he spends a couple hours with this treasure and then he turns around and for the rest of the week does his life thing. He doesn't do that, does he? He forsakes it all. He forsakes it all and comes over and purchases this land that has this treasure. There's an idea of forsaking it all. Maybe Jesus actually meant it when he said, Do not focus on treasures on this earth, but focus on treasures in heaven. Maybe he was actually serious about that. But this idea that, here's the deal. When we give our life to Jesus Christ, we forsake it all. We have to. In fact, I think think sometimes we get get it backwards. I think we get salvation backwards. I, I think that we make it too easy for someone to become a Christian and too hard for them to stay one. Right? We make it too easy for someone to be a Christian and then make it too hard for someone to stay one. So we'll say something like, hey, do you want to go to heaven? Yeah. Well, all you got to be- do is believe in Jesus. Well, great. I believe in Jesus. Hey, you're a Christian. Wow. Well, that was easy. Absolutely. You're a Christian now. OK, well, good. And then three days later, somebody comes up to you. You know, a Christian doesn't talk like that. Uh, OK, Well, what does a Christian talk like? Well, I don't know, but not like that. <laughs> That's not what you do. Like, we make it too easy. <laughs> Finding treasure in a field means you sell everything to follow Jesus. It should be backwards. We should make it hard to become a Christian and easy to stay one. So do you count the cost? See, Jesus used this word that we don't like to say a lot, repent. Jesus said, repent. Look at the number of times he says, repent, repent, repent. In the Gospels, you want to come to me, you repent. What does repent mean? You turn from your former way of life. That means that there are people that you're not going to get to hang out with anymore because they're pulling you down and you're wanting to go up. There's things that you don't spend money on anymore because that's taking you down and you're wanting to go up. There's things that you forsake completely and you give them up. And some of them is a a process because you're, you're learning, but... We forsake it all. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not worthy of Christ. Plain and simple. And I wonder if there were times in our life, in our past, where that's how we got saved. You want to go to heaven? Yeah? Okay. Well, just love Jesus. Well, great. I love Jesus. You're going to heaven. And so anytime the preacher comes up and says something about repent if you want to be a Christian, your mind turns off. You're like, oh, I already did that. I'm a Christian. I already did that. Wait, what did you turn from? What did you repent of? Are you still doing some of the things before you became a Christian? That's one foot over here and one foot over there. Revelation calls that lukewarm. Some of us may have to ask ourselves, when I gave my heart to the Lord, did I like give my heart to the Lord? Or did I give my heart to church? Like I just wanted to do the church thing. It is, we, we forsake it all. That's a higher standard. That's a higher standard. But that's what he expects. He expects that because that's what he did. He's not going to ask you to do anything that he's never done before. And he hmm, put himself on that cross for you, for me. He gave up his life so that we would give up our life. Do we know the value of Christ? I think about the woman with the alabaster jar who poured it all out. You remember that story? She has this jar of perfume that some said was was several months, maybe even a year's worth of salary. In one perfume bottle, she opens it up and pours it all out on Jesus' head. Didn't save some for later. Poured it all out. It was worth a year's wages. How much do you make in a year? That was the price of the bottle of perfume. How much do you make in a year? That was the bottle of perfume. She poured it all out in a moment on Jesus. Why? Because she saw his value. And what did the religious people say? The religious people said it's too much. How could you waste all of this in just a moment? That money could have been given to the poor. We could have done something good with it. But he, she poured it all out in a moment. Gave all of it away. And so I would say to you, if you're still measuring out your offerings, you haven't seen his worth. If you're still measuring out your offerings, you haven't seen his worth. If you're still holding stuff back for yourself... You haven't seen the worth of Jesus Christ. That treasure that you have seen in a field. Have you forsaken everything and followed Christ? Because that's what he asks. He doesn't ask for Sunday morning. He asks for your life. He asks for your life. So why do you not have peace in your life? Because God is not your treasure. You're focusing on things in the world. Why do you feel unsatisfied? Because God is not your treasure. Why are you bored when you pray? Because God's not your treasure. If you are praying and it's not five minutes and you're thinking about groceries or the movie or the ball game, well, then you haven't learned to love God as much as you love your life. And it's not to hammer you. That's to say we we need to want to want to love God. So we train ourselves to want things that our bodies have never wanted before. And that's to move toward Christ. And you say, but I still have all these thoughts. I mean, we still got to feed the kids. we still got to have a roof over our head. We still gotta, can we do something fun every now and again? Can we, we continue with Matthew chapter 6? Because he goes through this talking about concerns of life. And right after he talks about, you know, don't put, don't put your focus on things of the earth, but, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Just a few verses later, he says this. And I have it in the King James Version because that's the way that I've read it and known it and memorized it. 633, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So what does that say? All those things that you worry about, food, and I've got to do this for the kids, and education, and we got this going on. God says, if you put my kingdom first, you start storing up, uh, you start storing up treasures in heaven, then don't worry, I'll take care of all this other stuff. And too often, we want to take care of all the other stuff and hope we just kind of fall into the kingdom of God. That's not how it works. We sell this to buy this, and then God takes care of everything. God takes care of everything. We used to sing a song, and I I sang this song to myself a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, and and I've been singing this song Over and over in my heart the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to sing it today. But here's the words. I'm sure many of you know it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And it says, And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of of his glory and grace. Not to say that there's zero value in this, but when you put this up to the light of Jesus Christ, the shine on this becomes very dim. And it is it is very odd for for me here just in a practical way. I I used to know I used to know the roster of every football team. I don't know anybody anymore, it seems like. I just, that, it's, it's just waned a little bit over the years. And I find myself focusing more on the Lord, and I like it. I like it. I almost like the fact that when I watch a football game, I go, "Who? oh, he's on that team now? I used to never do that. I knew exactly. but I, And I think whenever something like that happens, I think back to that song. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's what I want to be. I want to store up treasures in heaven. So I'm not going to... I don't tell you a a, a number, whatever. What I'm saying is, what is the Lord asking you to give? What is the the time that the Lord is asking you to spend? The relationships that the Lord is asking you to spend? That's what you should give. That's what you should do. A.W. Tozer said this in his book, Pursuit of God. Fantastic book, if you've ever read it. He prays this prayer at the end of one of his chapters. He says, Oh God... I have tasted thy goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire. O God, the triune God, I want to want thee. He says, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, so that I may know thee indeed. He says, I want to want you more. Not just I want you more, I want to want you more. My prayer for us is that that's what we do. We want to want you more. That we want God and the earth and the heavenly things and the eternal things more than the earthly things that we begin to turn down the light of earthly things in our life and we begin to turn up the light on the things of God can we just turn that down and turn this up as we slowly move in that direction if you would bow your heads and and close your eyes and we're going to go into a time of prayer. and It's very simple. I, it's very simple. Can we ask the Lord, where in my life do I put too much of a focus on temporary earthly things? And where in my life do I need to put more of an effort, turn up the volume more, turn up the light more on eternal heavenly things? God, help me to do that. That's just a simple prayer. So I'd like you to do that right now. Maybe you want to find a place to pray. It, 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 at your seat is fine. But maybe you want to step out and you want to come down to the altar and pray. And maybe you want to walk around just a minute. But let's take just a couple of minutes here. And I, I don't need to convince you to pray. I, th- I think that you can pray. Talk to the Lord. Say, God, where in, in my heart, where in my life? Because I want, I want. That my heart, where my heart is, there your treasures will be also. That, that where I'm living my life, that's where I want my treasures to go. To heavenly things, to eternal things. Help me, Lord. Find a place to pray. Find a place to pray even now. Let's take just a couple of minutes. Let's talk to the Lord. Lord, where in my life? Where in my life? Show me. Show me because I want to move closer and closer to you I want to want to know you let's pray thank you thank you Lord for being our treasure help us Lord not to be one foot in one foot out treasures here on earth treasures here in heaven Lord help us to know (laughs) to know your value you are the son of God son of the living God Lord, I pray that, uh, that you would help all of us to know and to see. Just as you gave your life, you gave your life for us, how can we expect to give any less? Thank you for this challenging word here today. It's a challenging word, Lord. I pray that we would receive it with the humbleness of That was its intent. The humbleness that we come before you. We would give our lives to you. That's not just saying a prayer, I give my life to you. But that we give our lives to you. We give our lives to you. Our Sundays, our Mondays, our Saturdays. We give our relationships. We give our finances. We give our decision making. We give our opinion on stuff. We give all of that to you. Lord, we follow you. We follow you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lead us and guide us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.